This is Dane Dunning with the Texas Rangers. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast with Jeff and John. Jeff Wilson started covering the Texas Rangers in 2008, though he'll never forget 2021. Out on his own, he decided it was time to do a podcast, but his wheels were spinning until a nerd came along. There's no going back now. Welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. Here's your host, Jeff Wilson, and the recliner nerd himself, John Moore. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Texas Rangers Baseball Podcast. This is episode 27, and this is Zach Kent. Zach Kent is going to join us today. Um, we're going to get with him in a little bit. He's in spring training. Jeff and I are not at spring training. Jeff's about to take off tomorrow to go cover TCU. We'll do all of that right after this. Today's episode is brought to you by Superior Sports Investments. Established in 1995, they carry one of the largest graded card inventories in the country with the widest variety of BGS and BCCG and PSA graded sports cards. Unlike other online sellers or auction houses, they own their entire inventory. They don't take consignment, no auctions, so they take pride in every sale that they make. They make sure every card they sell is the highest quality item possible before it leaves their hands and packaged safely and securely. Visit their eBay or Amazon stores to see their entire inventories or browse superiorsportsinvestments.com. That's superiorsportsinvestments.com. And use the promo code THANKS5 for a discount. All right. Well, hey, okay, so we're back. We were there last week. Um, you stayed on till the week. Man, a lot of traveling, everything happening. A um, lot of stuff happening, but not as much as I thought. Well, you know, um, there, there was that quick couple 48-hour period where where it seemed like a lot was happening. And now, now I think, I mean, obviously there have been two, two or three massive trades, but I think, I think now that um, – you know, the dust has settled. It still hasn't been a week. Um, we're, we're, we're talking on a Tuesday, so I don't, I'm not sure when we're going to put this on the air on the, <laughs> on the podcast channel, but right. Uh, you know, even if it's Thursday, it's still just one, one week from when, uh, the, the lockout ended. And so, you know, you, you basically, you've got guys, the way I see it, uh, you might have some teams that are trying to accomplish something via trade. And then, um, if that falls through, then uh then go to the free agents but you know the, the matt olson deal with atlanta that might have been holding up freddie freeman so you might see freddie freeman here signing pretty pretty soon but right um you know that you know there were the three big trades um the you know kiner fluff and donaldson to the to the to the yankees uh the reds uh sent suarez and, and winkler to the the mariners and then of course the that the A's Braves trade for, for Matt Olson. So um, three, three pretty big ones right there. That's, well, Hey, let's get the ball started. We weren't even very far into it when the Rangers made the trade with Isaiah uh, and yeah. sending Isaiah and, and Ronnie Henriquez uh, to the, to the twins for Garber, who is an upgrade. Look, I love Heim, love Trevino, both great guys to talk to, but God, that was huge. Yeah. And, and he Garber's had some, some health issues lately. Um, you know, his 2020 people can look at that and, and wonder about it, but everybody had a, everybody's 2020 was screwed up. All right. I mean, yeah. there's just no way to no no really. That's just how you have to look at it. Um, he, yeah, if he's healthy, he, he's, he's going to hit and he's going to hit for power and uh, the Rangers lineup is going to be better because of it. Um, you know, Heim and Trevino are still developing. I think Heim has the offensive upside. Um, and then there's Sam Huff, who, who I still think is going to be, yeah, uh, 
you know, the catcher of the future, I guess. I mean, you know, Garver's got two years left. I'm sure the Rangers can extend them if they want, but um, he, you know, I mean, he and Huff behind the plate, splitting time at DH first base, you know, you're looking at, at, you know, potentially 60 home runs right there, but, you know, a position that offense is at a premium across baseball, unless you're Salvador Perez. Um, but really, um, yeah. this is a, this is an upgrade, like you said. Yeah. And, and, and whether you go with Heim or Trevino as a backup, both of those guys were very serviceable last year. I mean, you weren't getting the offensive output at catcher. You don't, you know, if, if you're doing well behind the plate, sometimes you can slide. That's the one defensive position you can slightly overlook if the offense production isn't there. Plus, Garver plays some first base. I mean, he can play some first base. And that injury last year, it's not a normal injury. I mean, he got caught in the nads. I mean, that was pretty bad. Um, that's a serious, that, like that, that's different than tearing up your knee or, you know, or, or, you know, a shoulder issue or something like yeah. that, that that's kind of a freak thing. And, and, uh, and, and <laughs> only men can probably really relate to this. That, that, that's a, that's a very sensitive area, especially for a catcher. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, um, of course the most famous nut, issue in Rangers history involved Adrian Beltre, who wasn't with the Rangers, uh, when he, when his testicle got, um, messed <laughs> up, I think it was called tes- testicular torsion, which, yes. uh, sounds, sounds horrible. And when he was with the Mariners there, but, uh, enough ball talk, uh, <laughs> as far, as far as catchers and, you know, and, and to defend Hyman Trevino, when you're, when you are a young catcher, offense is not your priority. Your priority is, is defense, getting pitchers through games, building relationships, learning scouting reports, learning the opposing teams. Right. And then the offense comes. And that's, that's just, that's just the way it is. That's not just with those two. It's with all young catchers. Exactly. Uh, there are exceptions, but that's pretty much how it goes. But uh, you know, Trevino is not necessarily young anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I think that what, what you see is what you're going to get offensively. Heim, uh, I mean, a switch hitting catcher is pretty, pretty rare. Right. Um, but they, they were both like excellent pitch framers last year. Um, you know, they, they, they had their problems with the, the one knee catching. Um, but that's around sweep, baseball now, though. Yeah, it's sweeping baseball. Um, and, and they're going to get better defensively. But um, again, when you look at, at where the team could really upgrade offensively, uh, it was shortstop, which they did with Seager. Right. The second base, which they did with Simeon and, and the catcher with Garver. So, right. uh, you know, third base, they can upgrade. Uh, and and they're, I think, attempting to. And, uh, and you know, part of that's the, the slow market, I guess. But um, anyway, they're, they're a better team. They really are. Okay, so let's talk about, let's, let's talk about, first of all, the Olsen trade, which, by the way, the extension today, oh, my gosh. It makes that whole trade look different. And, and what, when I saw... Um, what Atlanta gave up for him. And obviously you, you can look at each other's organization and obviously the Rangers wouldn't have had to go, uh, what was it? One, five, six and 14 or whatever it was. Yeah, something, uh, like that. something like that. They wouldn't have had to go there, but it made it a lot different because, because people look at different prospects with different values. Our number one prospect compared to, uh, Atlanta's number one prospect might be totally different. You got Pache and you got lighter. I think lighter comes out way ahead on that deal as far as what kind of a prospect he is. But, Boy, it really changed with that eight-year extension for 168, which is not on horrible AAV. He is from there, so he's from Atlanta. That that means that has to mean something. But good lord, it made that trade look a lot better. 
Well, you know, it, I, I did, I did wonder if, if the Braves <clears throat> surrendered too much, but you know, if, if, if in the next day they, they were <laughs> yeah. able to, to come up with an extension, maybe, you know, the, these trade, these trades, you know, they don't just get figured out and then all of a sudden leak to the media. I mean, that, right. you know, they, teams have an idea of what's going to happen um, a couple days ahead of time, maybe 24 hours ahead of time. And they can, you know, so they can start looking at medicals and, you know, especially in the Oakland's case, having to look at the medicals of, of, of four prospects. And right. Uh, anyway, so it, it, if the trade is going to happen, I, I'm, I'm guessing that, but, you know, the Braves had time to figure out what they would want to offer him. Maybe they even had a chance to talk to his agent. I don't know that, but, um, you know, it seems like they had, they had their, their everything lined up real nice and neat to, to get this done. And, and that was the thing when we talked about the Rangers getting them, you know, the, an extension was absolutely had to be part of it. You absolutely. Terrific prospects for only two years. You wanted, you wanted to get this guy long-term and um, Atlanta did. Hey, yeah, hats off. I mean, seriously, the trade looks completely different. Um, look, they're they are farther ahead of the Rangers right now um, as far as where they are. They won a World Series last year. Um, that that's a major upgrade. I mean, well, I mean, Freddie Freeman was amazing last year. Um, and but you have settled into that position. You, you there's not a huge drop off at that position where they're at right now. And then obviously, uh, the, now you've got this guy that's younger that's extended now for eight more years. I mean, you're not looking at first base anymore. Now you're going around anywhere else they want to do. It's pretty impressive. I, I, I tell you right now, I would have. I would have upped my offer knowing that I could have extended Olsen, but still, look, they, the, the Rangers aren't dying over at first base. I still think that, that Nate Lowe is going to be a very serviceable first baseman, at least for now. Um, that's an easy one to upgrade eventually, I think, if he doesn't pan out again. It's going to be a different year for him. I think this year is going to be different for him. Well, and when, when the Rangers went to the World Series the two years they went, they didn't have massive production at first base. You know, 2010 – uh, I think they, they tried three different guys at first base, yep. you know, and, and then um, 11, it was Moreland, but also Michael Young. I mean, so they, 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 they can win. You can, you can win without exactly. a 40 home run guy at first base. Absolutely. Uh, but, you know, Ol- Ol- Olsen's also a defensive whiz. Um, and like you said, from Atlanta, so he's going to be happy. Um, but I, I, I do think the range, if, if low, doesn't show mark market improvement improvement this year then they might they might consider something else but um i i think he's he's got to be he's he's going to be better i just think he will be and yeah I, with I that lineup too yeah he's going to bat lower in the lineup um not a lot of pressure uh might have some might have some protection um so it it um you know he had what 17 home runs last season had a, had a pretty good on base percentage. You know, he knows how to get on base. He, he, he hits lefties pretty well. He, you know, he beats some shifts. Um, right. So I, I think that if he's been, you know, the, the issue was he, he was behind, he was late on fastballs yep. for whatever reason. Yep. And uh, that seems like that would be pretty easy to fix. So sure. I don't want to put a number on it, but you know, I think, I think 22, 23 homers isn't, isn't, uh, uh, you know, asking for the moon here. Um, no. so, and, and, you know, you've seen he hit some of the longest home runs of the season for the Rangers. So Yeah, that one he hit. I remember something else there. And, and keep in mind, it was his first full season, too. Sure. Yep. And, and you really can't uh, overstate how 
difficult that is for a person or for a player to learn how to get through a full year for the first time playing every day. So uh, he, he'll, he'll be better off. Yeah, uh, I, I think so. So let's go to something to address here. Um, obviously with the young injury and now that everything's opened and free agent market is going. So what are you thinking? Are you thinking it's going to be internally? I know Chris Bryan is something you've always been for. Um, I've always been a say a Suzuki guy. Um, he does play third. He can play third. Um, but I think outfields where they're really trying to, to navigate, which either one of those two serve two purposes, tell you the truth. But do you think it's, it's going to come down internally? No, I think they'll, I think they'll get somebody from outside. I just think it'll be a one-year deal or, you know, <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I definitely have run Brian up the flagpole to the people with the organization <laughs> and it, it, it doesn't get very far. So okay. uh, it, and it's not necessarily that they don't like the guy. It's that they've already, they've already spent 560. Well, more than that with Martin Perez, I think we're up to 565 million, right. You know, Bryant would be another $200 million player. And, right. and I don't, I don't know that, that they want to do that even, even with the, you know, significant money coming off the, the books next, uh, next off season. So, right. uh, you know, I, I, and, and they do need to kind of guard against the pitching prospects ever either being delayed or, or not panning out and you need to have money uh, there in case you want to sign a starter because you're like, oh, okay, these guys are a little further away or right. this guy, you know, fell off a cliff or, or sure. you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, you, you really, <laughs> I know they spent all this money and, and everybody thinks the bank is wide open now, but I'm not sure it's as open as, as far as people think. I think they still have a little bit to play with, um, but I, it's not enough to, to sign Bryant and still do what else they want to do. Exactly. And and let's be honest. It's the first time you can really say this. They spent $565 million and they spent it well. They didn't, they spent it well. These are guys that are going to be big contributors going forward. The 4 million for Martin Perez. He serves a great purpose this year. That guy. Yeah. He's not going to be the ace of a staff. That guy eats innings. He can, he knows how to pitch. He's been here before. Um, if he doesn't pan out, if he just, for whatever reason, he's Fulton or whatever, um, you've got a lot of guys that are prepared to come up this year, unlike last year, that you're probably ready to move them up. And you know what? I think the Rangers, they, they, it's easy to cut bait with somebody that, that's only $4 million in. Yeah, and and look, we, we've talked about this before. <clears throat> the Rangers right now are at $80 million in commitments for, for next season. Right. Um, they, they, you know, the, the money that they're using that this year, they still owe to Elvis Andrus and, and Ruganetto Dorr comes off the book next comes year. Off. Right. Perez, Cole Calhoun, one year deals, that's nine million dollars. Uh, or nine point two that could that could does Calhoun off. have an option? Uh it's a team it's a team option for five, I think. Okay. Or five two. Well I, I get them confused. Okay. But anyway, um yeah, so that's you know, that's somewhere around thirty million dollars that they're gonna have to play with next year. Right. So um one year <laughs> deal, anything on a one year deal all every every GM loves a one year deal. So right. I, I could, you know, you could see a, a one year fifteen million dollar, seventeen million dollar deal for a pitcher, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but a a ten year two hundred fifty million con- dollar contract or eight and or a Marcus Simeon seven one seventy five. I, I, yeah, that ain't happening. 
is out of the Rangers price range right now. Yeah, it's and it should be. Uh they've got they've got they they have what they think is an option at third base. He's injured. They think that's there so that you've got to play that one out. You know, I could see him going out and maybe even making a trade for somebody that might be buried on another roster and not have to give up too much for it. Um, to come in and could play third base and still have a little control over him that might not be a big deal. You've got people like um, I know this one costs a little more money, but uh, Haseon Kim and can play third base, can also be a utility infielder going forward. Um, you probably have to take on a Myers or someone like that if, if, and not have to give up much um, if you were going to do that. They, they seem to be in on every free agent, but they've got to clear some space over there um, to, to make any moves with the Padres. Maybe someone like Edwin Rios, uh, you know, he's very deep over in L.A. Um, did he have an injury last year? Uh, I think so. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't recall. I remember him not being active for the postseason, but uh, I, I think, you know, he's kind of a young prospecty guy, or at least he was. So I don't know if the Dodgers being a, or a hurry to, to ship him. I don't know what their future uh, commitments are as far as salary, right. but like Mac Mun- Max Muncie, for instance, is headed to free agency. And I know he's hurt right now, but sure. Or had that elbow deal in the playoffs, but um, anyway, yeah, there, there are a couple ways they can do it, but I, I just, you just think it's a one-year go it's, go get it's a guy. Not, it's not Chris Bryant. Just, I, unless, unless in the last since I left Arizona, unless there's been a, a massive change in philosophy, it's not Chris Bryant. Well, it, it, like a Culberson or a Holt is is somebody that easily that that would fit perfect to get one of those guys back. I think uh, personally, but you know what? You've still got you've got internal candidates. I mean, Abanias, his bat plays at the big league level. You got Solak. Um, they, we've seen him taking ground balls over at third. I think they want a better option to be honest, um, than that. Yeah. Uh, but those two guys, uh, looks so like the, the signing of, uh, of Maserick, Maserick, uh, that they, that they signed that, that kind of, huh? How do you say Jake it? Marisnik. Jack Marisnik. I said Maserick. I can't, I never say words right guys. I'm a heck. Uh, with with the signing of him, that's a signal right there that that's an expendable person, someone like a Solak, if he doesn't do anything this spring, because uh, that's another outfielder. Uh, I, I I like Solak's bat, but he's got to do a lot more to to go from there. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm I'm anxious to see stuff get going, but the Rangers are very quiet, and you know they do this though. They're they're very quiet when they're you never hear anything out of the Rangers before something goes down. That's that's just the way that John Daniels does business, and uh, apparently he passed that passed on to Chris. Passed that lesson on to Chris Young, and that's fine. You know, I'm not going to tell them how to how to do their their business. Um, but it, yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't think a bunch of leaks come from come from the Rangers. Um, no, I, I, I used I used to uh, think differently maybe ten years ago, um, but but now I I do not think that anymore. I think that. <laughs> If Jeff Passan gets or Ken Rosenthal gets something, they're not getting it from from John Daniels. Now, what do you think they get their stuff? Agents? Is that usually who they're getting their stuff? Yeah, free agent stuff. Yeah, uh, trades. I don't know, but they're. I mean, they're great. Yeah. So, I mean, they've made, they've made the relationships, whatever it is. Because um, I'll tell you right now, guys, I, I've watched Jeff in action. I've watched him walking around. You have contacts, but they're very tight lipped. I mean, look, those guys are tight lipped. And there, yeah. there's times I've seen you talk to people, and immediately they're like, "By the way, this is off the record." And th- you know what? Okay, that's, that's fine. they say it up front. It's off the record, so you're, you guys are never going to hear about it. But I've seen it. It's not like you're not in the know. Um, you know what you you see. You hear things. But when it comes to trades and moves and and 
player personnel moves, you never see the Rangers don't talk. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I mean, it's such that it was, I broke Matt more news on Sunday morning, but only because I was standing there as he was walking in from the parking lot and he didn't know anybody else except me. So that's the, that's the only, that's the only way I got that. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, you can, you can get stuff. And if you like, if you have something dead to rights, um, you can get it, usually get it confirmed by somebody with the Rangers, but right. they're not just going to say, Oh, Hey, this is what we're doing. No, no, then they're not there to volunteer anything. No, correct. Okay. So what, if you had to, what, where do you think, what, where do you think they go anywhere? I mean, I, I, I really don't know. I've looked at the names and they're, they're unattractive. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I have it ingrained in my head that, that, you know, Bryant's the only answer, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll just wait and see. I mean, whatever it is, it's just going to be one year for my, in my opinion. All right, guys. Now, here he comes joining us right now. He is back in Surprise, Arizona, and we are not there right now. It's Texas Ranger right-hand pitcher Zach Kent, who we introduced ourselves to and talked to last week. Jeff, you probably met him before this. Uh, I got to meet him this last week walking around. Zach, what's going on, buddy? Not much. Not much. How y'all? Doing good. You there at the uh, Village? Yeah, in the Village right now. Uh, Got out of the games. Uh, so I'm just hanging out. I got a haircut, so just hanging around now. Hey, I got a haircut today too. I don't <laughs> yeah. always have a hat on. I, I, I even have it right here. I just didn't put it on. <laughs> I know. I, I always have to wear a hat. The hair is rough. It's rough. <laughs> oh my God. Like four months of no, no cuts. It was like, it's about time. <laughs> Where'd you go? Great Cliffs? Or did you get either? They have a... I went to the uh, Capitol Barbershop. So it, they do a pretty good job taking care of me. So <laughs> all right. They all right. All right. Yeah, so um, you are in surprise. We like like John said, we were there last week. had a had a good time talking to you. Watch you throw a, a bullpen, and um, just go ahead and kind of update us where where you are right now, as far as like pitch count and uh, where your stuff's at. And uh, uh, I mean, you're shoot, you guys are closing in less than a month on opening day. Yeah, for sure. Um, where I'm at now uh, through two innings on Saturday uh, in a inner squad game went pretty well, had all, all former pitches in the zone. Um, and this next week I'll be throwing three innings. Um, then I got a, got a bullpen tomorrow just to tune up everything. But uh, where I'm at, uh, I've been working out with the, uh, the double A group. Uh, not sure where I'm going yet, but I would say most likely going to double A, but uh I am gonna have some uh, some time in the in a big league game. Um, let's talk talk to you about that. And then tomorrow I'm throwing a uh, bullpen with uh, Doug Mathis on uh, in the, on the big league side. So I'm hanging out with them tomorrow. So Good. you know, cool. getting get my feet wet a little bit. But other than that, you know, just each week progressing and inning and uh, just keep fine tuning the stuff. I'm in a really good spot with my stuff, fastballs. Uh, all the improvements that I was working on in the off season is uh pay me back now so all the time I spent in Arizona just grinding and wondering you know just see how it will play it's all played well Velo's been up and uh, all in command of four pitches is all I mean can't ask for anything better than that when you go out there sure yeah um Saturday after the after um Isaiah Connor Falefa was traded we, we were able to talk to Chris Young and, and John Daniels and and they brought up the fact that uh because of 
the lockout, they weren't able to invite as many guys to camp as they wanted. And you were one of the, you were one of the guys who, who was on the list to be invited. Um, so it kind of sucks that you don't get to hang out in the big league clubhouse and, and everything, but it seems like they're still kind of, I don't want to say throwing you a bone, but they, they want you to be part of, part of it, get a little bit of a taste. How did, how did Chris Young and, and John Daniels explain that to you? Yeah. So, uh, all the guys that were there, um, you, you know, the names, Jack, Cole, uh, uh, Cole Reagans, Owen, uh, Cody Bradford, myself, um, you know, we were all, we were all excited going to the meeting. And the first thing CY said was like, Hey, sorry guys, we can't invite you to big league camp. Just, we don't want to throw you off your schedule. So that kind of threw us in a loop right as we sat down, but, uh, they were, you know, they were saying, Hey, you know, it's all right. It's like, uh, you're going to get your time. Um, in a big league camp, you'll at least throw in one game and have some, and maybe have some time with the pitching coaches um, and just get to know a few guys. But uh, it's not, to me, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal to me because where I was sitting last year, I, was like, I don't even know if I'm going to break camp. I might be extended. So to just be in that situation, uh, it was, it was nice, but uh, it's not, you know, you don't have to go to big league camp to get to the big leagues. Obviously, you know, yeah. Nick Steiner right. did last year, and like, you know, guys like that in the past. So it's not, it's not like I'm, uh, upset about it or I've even thought twice about it it's just the honor that you know he that they thought highly enough of me to at least consider me going you know even if I was invited and not going now but to just to include me in uh, some of the other things it's pretty cool well I thought it was nice of him to to acknowledge that to us to, to explain yeah. you know we wanted these six guys who are arguably our next six pitchers coming from the minors in big league camp and it just didn't work out um, so I thought that was kind of, um, a, I want to say a classy, a classy move by them to at least acknowledge you guys and give you guys a hat tip for everything you've done, because really a big league invite is, is a, uh, a reward for, for what you've done the previous season and, um, yeah. and, and where you are. And then, you know, you're a, one of the top pitching prospects in the system. So, uh, good for you and good for them on that. Um, all right. So yeah, last season, it seems like what you just said, you felt you were going to be <laughs> it extended and then you make it all the way to double A. So what changed, what happened? What, 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 a lot of good happened. So what was it that maybe flipped the page on you for you? Yeah. I think just, uh, not, not earning. I, I would say I'm more so lost the starting spot in Hickory than I would say that, um, I didn't like, I didn't make the, I, I think that, uh, going into that, my instructs was pretty good. And then just realized, like, I came to spring training and I just, I didn't have anything in the zone. I think almost every inning I pitched got rolled. And I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. And they, I pitched against the high Royals team like three times and they just, just absolutely pummeled me. And I was, and I had some friends, I had some friends on the team. They're giving me crap. And I was like, dude, this is rough. But uh, I mean, like, I think I told you, Jeff, it was just realizing like, like the potential's there, but I'm not that good. So it's kind of like taking a step back and like, hey, you need to be more fine with your stuff rather than just throwing it, throwing it just to throw it. Um, yeah. And then talking with DC, um, our pitching coordinator, he was just telling me that, uh, you know, use that, like use this as fuel to, for your fire. And I'm a big person who uh, responds pretty well from feedback of any sorts, more so like holding you accountable. He kind of said, hey, like you're better than this. I don't know why you're pitching like this. Like you're way better than this. Just push yourself to do better. And that was kind of like that kind of started everything where I kind of started pitching with purpose rather than 
pitching to try not to lose something. I was pitching to gain something. Um, so once I was able to like flip that mindset of like not pitching scared and pitching aggressive, I mean, everything kind of folded, you know, everything kind of came easy to me from then. Yeah. Um, I, I, whenever, whenever his name is brought up, I always try to point out what a great person and coach Danny Clark is. Yeah, he's um, fantastic. What was your relationship like with, with, with Danny? Um, the relationship it's I think most of the guys in, in the 2019 draft class has uh, it's a different relationship than I would say than everybody else because we come into pro ball and we get or at least I was sent out to uh, Spokane so I never really got to see him much you know he would have the yeah. means introductions and stuff but there's never that you know grinded in Arizona and he comes and talk to you and you see him and then I didn't go to instructs that year because of innings so I never met him then and then 2020 spring train you have I have you know two weeks with him, and still still not really building the relationship. You just see him around. Hey, Danny, how's it going? Hey, Zach, how's it going? You know those things. And then instructs in twenty twenty one was like the first time I actually got to build something. He was working with me with the splitter a little bit, yeah. Just saying, hey, you need to add this curveball. But I had some really good conversations with him uh, throughout the season last year, um, where he kind of just sat me down, and he was and he was just like I kind of told him where I was at, like where I feel. I, I can be and make sure I'm doing everything possible to put myself in the right uh, situations. And I think he was really open to that. And he was like, I think when I started doing that, he kind of, kind of like put his arm around me a little bit and tried to guide me in the right direction. Um, and now my relationship with him is more so just like, uh, like a mentor kind of thing to look after. But other than that, it's, it's a good relationship that I have with him. That's um, the, uh, <laughs> all right all right that's Arius. so uh, so you got um you were telling me you think your best pitch is your slider yeah for sure uh, talk about talk about your arsenal and start start with that one since you think it's the best yeah i think i think my slider is my best just because it's hard and it has enough late movement that it, it plays up and i can and i can put it i throw it like I threw it for strikes pretty well. I think my like strike percentage with it on the year was something like 73, 75%, like somewhere in there. So like wow. three out of four times I throw it, it's a strike. And I have like, mm -hmm. I have like above 35% swing and miss on it. So when I, I've thrown it often and when I do, it's a strike. And when, it's in the, and when they swing at it, they miss it more times than not. So that's just a pitch for me that it's able to set me up well in my counts, especially if, if I go OO or it, it, I mean, even if I get back in the count slider 1-0, if I right. fall behind from a bad pitch, I can, I can just rip that two or three times. And it, it kind of like, it's my safety net. And it's also my best pitch. So I can go get a swing and miss. And it's also a safety net to like help me get back into counts. Um, so that's why I would say it's my best pitch, but I don't know. My fastball the other day was pretty sweet. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> they're all kind of, it's kind of getting up there with it. So it's nice uh, when you throw a fastball and you're able to throw it at the top of the zone and get some swing and misses. And even when I was going, you know, uh, down and away with it, I was getting swing and misses. So I, I really don't know what would be my best pitch going into this season because my changeup could easily, you know, be up there too. It just depends on how it plays. So all, right. all my – yeah, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, like, overhype it, but, like, I'm in a really good spot with my stuff. Like, sure. I feel like any time I throw it, <laughs> I feel like they could be my best pitches, which I don't know. We'll have to – you know, it's only one way to find out by testing it. But What's the velo? Yeah, are you a velo on guy? my slider? No, on your on your fastball. Where, where's your velo on your fastball? Uh, the other day it was uh, four to six, 
I was, I was sitting like yeah, I was sitting like 95, 96 most of the time. Okay. Um, I think the average was somewhere around there. But uh, what's I mean, what's your change up drop off? How much does it drop? It's about eighty seven to ninety. Okay. So not not too much, but I get a lot of uh, sinking arm side runners. So I kill a lot of that that vertical that my fastball has, so it looks it's different. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. And then you yeah. So you're working curveball and um, yeah, four pitch, four pitch guy. Yeah, if, yeah. If, I'm just trying to be a complete pitcher. I, I kind of told you that the other day. Just trying to trying to master my craft right now in the minor league. So when my, my number gets called, I'm able to contribute and not just, you know, go up there for a day and whatnot. So I'll, that's all I want to do is be able to contribute um, and uh, hopefully be a part of like, you know, the, like the winning culture that uh, you see CY and what do you talk about? Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, you seem like you want to get out there and throw a bunch of innings. You don't want to be a five inning guy. You know, you want to, Oh yeah, I want, to be I, I want to go deep. That's that's where <laughs> yeah. that's where the money is right there, right? You don't want to five, you want seven, seven, eight ends from your guy. So, I mean, that's that's yeah. stuff that I'm working towards. I can't, you know, can't promise it every time I go out there right now. Still, still learning, you know. But that's my goal is to go out there and, and give you as much as I can. Yeah, well, I mean, depending on where and where you start. If you start at Frisco, you're looking potentially at a, at a rotation that includes you, Cody Bradford uh jack lighter maybe uh yeah. i mean this is this you guys have a chance to there's so much we bring this up every show there's so much pitching depth now compared to oh man even two or three years ago but uh, just historically it's at an all-time high but uh it seems like you guys might drive each other too or if you see uh cody bradford go out there and shove and then it's your your turn the next night you got to match him oh yeah. yeah i mean those are already conversations that are going around uh in the locker room and out on the field with us um, even in spring training games, you know, we're like, Hey, how, how'd you do the other day? It's like, Oh, I struck out three, four and two minutes. Like, oh, man, I'm, I'm gonna go get four or five now. <laughs> so that, like, it's already kind of going, we're only going two innings, you know, so you can't, can't, can't strike yeah. out, you know, you can't get a whole lot of strikeouts, but you know, you can still have that friendly competition. So I was, I was talking to Jack one day, we were walking back in and I was like, dude, we are scary looking. Like I, I would really hate to be another team right now. Like knowing you got to go either from Jack to me to Cody, uh, to uh you know tim brennan whoever you know whoever's there they're just like dude you're just you can't take a night off and that's what's going to be frustrating that's what's exciting about the future of our organization not just like with us three but everybody like every guy that we're going to be rolling out there is going to be throwing hard and they got some mean stuff and it's the competition between everybody whether you're a reliever closer or starter like everybody has the competition it's a really great environment and everybody's holding everybody to like a higher standard, at least amongst the minor leaguers in that double eight working group that I'm in right now. Okay, great, great. Um, just one more. You mentioned this kind of off the top, how you know you spent a lot of time in Arizona. I mean, you spent yeah. a lot of time in Arizona. Spent a lot like, of time. You, you went. You started out there in October last year, uh, right after the season ended. So um, I, I don't know. Are you are you eligible to vote, or can can you run for office and surprise? I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's like you might start paying taxes or something. I, mean, I know. I know. But, it's but the the village has enabled you to do that, and, yes, and that's, a, that's, that's a huge thing for its organization. Yeah, I mean, if that wasn't if that wasn't a thing, I don't think I don't think I I could have uh, had. Yeah, you know, I think that'd been one thing I've been stressed about. Like, do I need to find a job out here to also like cover for my rent and everything? So just being able to have that accessibility, especially when it's right across the street. 
So you, it, you don't even really need a car if you're out here. You know, if you got DoorDash, you can just DoorDash food or hitch a ride with somebody. Yeah. You know, find you can find yeah. you can figure it out you can, on the fly. So uh, I mean, being out here, it was tough. There's a lot of days where you're very lonely, and there's only two. There's only like one or two people in there, and um, but you're getting your work in. You're getting your quality, getting the quality. And so I mean, that was that's the biggest thing that was for me. Like that made me sharpen my mind and sharpen what I want to do for the year, and then also go back and see what I did wrong last year and and you know, work about it gotcha john uh J- john john will ask you the more off the beaten path stuff than i will i i'm all right I'm, <laughs> yeah john is more, uh, you're all business center. huh yeah that's right i'm i'm the bad cop and he's the good cop and yeah you can i'm tell. not i made you sweat i mean i you know <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 lobbing up the junk. So he, he, you know, he's throwing high and tight. He's trying to give you a little chin music, and I start throwing junk at you. I like my haircut. There we go. <laughs> All right, so you're I from. It says you were born. So you were born in Henrico, Virginia. That's what your bio says. Where did you go? Henrico, I can't yeah. find anywhere. Where did you go to high school? I went to Northumberland County High School. It's a small, one A school in uh, the uh, Northern Neck Peninsula, Virginia. So okay. I had like. I had like 85, 90 people in my graduating class that ain't few. And uh, only one other person had played a professional sport out of there, which was, he was an NFL punter. Uh, he played for the Cowboys actually uh, during the nineties. So he has two Super Bowls with him as a punter. So that's pretty sweet. So, and his son was my, one of my good friends there growing up. Um, that's, that's another story, but uh, yeah, not North Island County, Heatsville, Virginia. Okay. It's, now- it's, very, it's very small. <laughs> easily to miss obviously well did you play any other sports growing up i did i played uh football i was a, a quarterback on varsity for two and a half years um i did play my senior year played golf and then i played basketball my sophomore year and then i, I should have played my junior and senior looking back but i just wanted to play i just wanted to work on baseball in the offseason because i was i wasn't very good in high school so you were a quarterback did you get recruited at all at quarterback I did not. I probably could have played like Division three somewhere in Virginia. I, I, I think I could have just because the arm talent. Like I think that I had enough arm with the deep ball and just being able to read some defenses. I think I could have, but I don't. That wasn't my passion. I kind of lost the passion there to, uh, after my junior year. Okay. So all right. So you now you go to the Virginia Military Institute. Okay. Oh this, yeah. Now now first of all, did you have any other offers? Did you have anybody else you might think of? Or not you- one. Not one. Okay. I think, I think Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer actually reached out, uh, but they were like nine hours away, and I saw and I played at the field, and it was terrible. I was like, I can't go there. I was like, but I didn't know what I was getting to with PMI at first. But okay, so I got to ask about a villa, uh, uh, Virginia Military Institute. I mean, is it? It's a military school. I mean, did did you it's have the high and t- the high and tie cut? Were you in uni- uh, uniforms every day and and all? Oh that? yeah. <laughs> yep, I had I had a white uniform, had to keep it pristine, had a, a high and tight haircut, clean shaven every day, and uh, shine shoes, shine buckled. Uh, I mean, I was I was I was in the nines out there. I was looking good. I was looking good. <laughs> now, did they re- so? Is it it? There was no requirement for you to serve afterwards or anything like that. No, requ- yeah, no requirement. After your sophomore year, you pretty much sign a piece of paper that says, "Do you want to go into the the branch that you picked." Uh, when you uh, enrolled into the school and I just checked no. I mean, I think if I wasn't playing baseball, I might have. Yeah. Um, just because I don't know, I don't know what to do other than baseball. Really. <laughs> I mean, really, so, you know, next best option is the military, right? Yeah. Uh, well, so, that, that probably uh, yeah, I mean, can... military. 
Go ahead, Jeff. Is it okay. like military prep school? Is that what it is? It's a senior military school. Oh, so it's, like your, it's like a it's like a West Point and a uh, uh, Citadel uh, Air Force. It's just like those, but we don't have a requirement okay. to go into. So once you graduate from there, you go in as a second lieutenant in whatever branch you go. You go to officer training school and all that stuff, obviously. Okay. All right. I've always wondered about that. And I was gonna... It's the hardest military school in the country. It's proven. Really? Proven. For for it's academics proven. or both? Both. Really? Now, I, I guarantee it. I saw so many smart, smart guys at VMI on top of just every guy you think is an athlete and they're, you're, you're physically and mentally pushed to your absolute limit. You go there and they shave your head. They give you this big old name tag and says, they call it your idiot dyke. So dyke is with uh, dyke straps that you wear for parades and uh, your senior that looks out for you is called your dyke, which I know it sounds bad, but he just basically, he's the one that fixes your straps so uh that's how that uh term kind of came to but um but yeah i mean you're basically beaten down to as, as as small as you can feel and then you start doing going through drills and then uh you don't have your phone you can't contact anybody you have no electronics until you break out i mean you can use it if you go to that senior's room or you're like for me if i go to the baseball field i could use it but for a normal person i have no idea how they make it through there because i barely oh, made it man. through there i was so mentally exhausted and all the other schools you get to have your phone from what i've been told so just going from electronics i couldn't even use my laptop to like if i wanted to text them i only had to use it for email so it was it was tough is that your tough. freshman year they do that to you or did, yeah, it, did so it ease up much, as you went along yeah pretty much you break out in february so uh like the first weekend in february um you have like your uh, your rat week and then breakout. So like once that was done, I became a baseball player and I actually became a student athlete before yeah. I was just a rat. And that's only that actually huh. the only privilege they give you is to strain, and that's it. So you get certain privileges at each year you go up. You get to do you get less and less like uh, requirements and restrictments and stuff like that. But my only privilege I had my freshman year was to strain, which is like a exaggerated form of attention, which is terrible. <laughs> wow that yeah. is you know man that is interesting that might be the answer to the last question but i don't know we're gonna go there anyway so you were drafted in the ninth round um out of the v virginia military institute vmi um where were you at and how'd you find out you've been drafted so i was at my grandparents so i, I uh i kind of i kind of had an idea i was going maybe mid day two somewhere somewhere in there it was kind of jumbled around you know, you hear, you hear a bunch of different stuff, obviously. And uh, so I was at my grandparents, just turned the, turned the TV on when day two started. I'm just sitting there because uh, that's where our farm is. So I was working on the farm during the day and came up after uh, we were done. Just kind of sat around just watching it, seeing, seeing it go by. And then um, I kind of went to the bathroom because I was like ninth round came. I was like, probably ain't getting drafted. I know seniors go, usually go then. So I was probably getting drafted today. So I go to go to the bathroom. All of a sudden, I hear my grandma. She's like, Zach, you just got drafted. And I come back in there, and my parents were in there, and every, every, all my family's in there. And they're just like, you get drafted by the Rangers. And I was like, that's awesome. Uh, so I kind of took a second to, like, you know, I kind of tried to make sure I enjoyed the moment. Um, so I was pretty cool. Quite the yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah. So, you know, had all that happen, but it almost felt like it was destined to be because the first team that contacted me was the Rangers. Uh, um, the guy who the scout who saw me, Brian Matthews, he gave me, his, he was the first person that gave me a card. And uh, so, it, you know, 
full circle of everything. So that's, nice. that was the beginning and then that was the end of the draft process as a ranger. So I was pretty excited. Um, now and did, then I knew Nolan Ryan's great. So he's my, he was like my favorite, like, like all time great for me. And so being able to like, at least wear the Jersey that he wore is just insane to me. So did you, yeah. were there any other teams that you thought might be in on you? I mean, obviously you see scouts coming out. Did you kind of have a yeah. feeling it was going to be like, you thought the Rangers were in it. They were one of the ones, anybody else you were kind of like, if it's not them, these teams have really shown some interest. Yeah. I think the, Orioles were probably the next, and then the Phillies and Cardinals. They were pretty. I kind of was in constant contact with those teams. Um, but it, it, there really wasn't much uh, like that. That was more like solid than the Rangers. Like I had a, like a good amount of communication with the Rangers um, leading up to the draft. But other than that, most of them just you know, your typical, hey, if you get drafted, how much kind of stuff. Yeah. And then a few questionnaires and, and right, you know, little uh, – meetings and stuff like that but nothing nothing that i thought was intent behind it so when did you when when was it that you first thought you know i might be getting drafted was it your sophomore year your freshman year college? obviously not high school you only had one offer i don't think we're i'm assuming no scouts were looking at you in high school what part of college was it was like oh my gosh you know i'm really getting some attention here and i might get drafted i'll say there's like flashes maybe my sophomore year where josh winder who uh, got drafted in the seventh round uh, by the Twins in 2018. He was at the Futures game um, last year. So when he got drafted, he was he was like, I kind of looked up to him a lot. So when he got drafted, I was like, there's a chance. And plus, he some days we got rained out, and I would throw, and he would throw the same day. So they'd kind of hang around. Uh, you know, not always, but sometimes they'd hang around um, in the SoCon for this for that doubleheader. So I had a few good games when that happened. Um, so I, I had an idea. I was like, you know, I can do this. I'm I'm putting up the same numbers as he did. I think I could do it. But then my junior year, um, probably after Clemson, we played like Lehigh or something like that. And I punched out 15 through like seven ends and think of, I think I gave like one hit and I didn't even know I punched, I didn't even know I punched out that. I mean, I got done. They're like, you broke the school record. And I was like, but, and then that, that was pretty good. Cause there's dude, Levi Stout was pitching that, that day too, uh, which he was in double A Mariners maybe or something like that. Yeah. But, uh, but like, but doing that that day, I was like, I got a shot, and then I started punching out everybody, and it was sweet. And then that's when the noise started picking up. But I, I, I always expected it. Like I expected it. My whole point of pushing, I pushed a bunch of classes my freshman to my senior because like if I'm not here, eh, you know, it'd be all right. So I, I expected it, but I never, I never really, yeah, I didn't think it was possible until I did it, kind of thing. Okay, so I've got to ask you this about all you pitchers. And you said you played on the golf team in high school. What's your handicap? Are you a golfer? Not that great. Probably like 18, 19. So nothing great, like nothing good. I played and I was better than my coach that year. So that tells you (laughs) I've never played before. And I got there and I didn't even know how to hold a club until I went to lessons like two months ago. (laughs) I had been holding the club uh, week my whole life and just slicing everything <laughs> once i figured that out i started hitting the ball straight and pretty i started picking up my game but it's average okay so uh, all right well you know what's better than i can jeff's a pretty good golfer there too <laughs> we played together we played a tournament together all right let me ask you this who's your best friend in the organization probably ryan garcia okay sure. um, oh good we got drafted we got drafted together spent a bunch of time in spokane together and then uh we've always been in contact playing video games and talking 
And then obviously what he's had to go through with uh, Tommy John right. uh, in 20, 2020 spring training. And then, you know, his ups and downs going through that. I've always been there for him. And uh, he's, and he lives out here. He bought a house out here. So just spending time with him. Um, we're very similar people. And uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to actually to him getting back on the field. He looks good. Like he's he's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's like, he's, He's my best friend, probably out like not just in baseball, but outside of baseball, like in my life right now. Cool, that's very cool. Yeah, he, I I spoke to him because you know, like, like you said, I mean, he's he's throwing bullpens and he's going to go out there and uh, he's he says April. Um, I, I think that's kind of when everybody is expecting him to make his professional debut, which yeah. is hard to believe for a second rounder. But just yeah. kind of what he's been through, just kind of talk about that. I mean, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, what he. He's been through. He went out there in spring training. His first time he was pitching was Joey Gallo and uh, all of them. So he was really amped up, and, and yeah, that was just the time his arm, uh, his arm couldn't take it, I guess, and and uh, he blew out. So going from that, you know, he was pretty bummed out. And then COVID hit, and it was sure. kind of like a blessing in disguise for him. He was like, I'm able to get healthy. I think him and Nick Snyder actually blew out like two days apart. So they were they were going through to uh, together. Um, so they kind of had the same time frame of coming back. And obviously, you see what Nick did. Um, yeah. And for him, he came he came back from that. He might have had a setback or two in his TJ, and then I don't I don't know. It was just like a little hamstring thing came up, and that's that set him back. And then a little shoulder thing, and he just had little little aches and breaks, yeah, little aches and things that are happening. But um, just him going through that, and I've seen how much he's changed as a person uh, physically. Like he's much stronger and a bigger uh, guy now, and his stuff is still there. Maybe it might be even better now. I saw him throw uh, a bullpen maybe a week ago or two, and I mean it was electric. So he's come he's come a long way. He's gonna, I mean, the dude is he's got he's got the talent more like than anybody I've seen, and uh, just it's effortless. So seeing him like mature uh, over the three years together, as long as myself, because you know I got drafted, I was throwing eighty nine and cutting crap out of the ball. So yeah. like <laughs> like we've come a long way together, and his his is just obviously very different than mine. But he's always kept a good yeah. head on his shoulders and never never really truly let him like it never really bummed him out. So it was great to see him get back out there. What's going to be great to see both you guys get out there Um, in Frisco, especially when we'll be able to come cover you there. You're going to be in the Metroplex and all of that. So that that'll be fun too. Okay. I got to get into your favorite food. Now I'm not talking about fast food. We're going to ask that one in a second, but what's (laughs) your favorite food? If you like, you like Italian food, steaks. I mean, what's your favorite food? Uh, I mean, I love steaks, but I've been I've been killing the air fryer with some salmon, some salmon and tater tots. I've been eating that like crazy. <laughs> I throw that in there for about twenty minutes, and boy, it comes out better than anybody else can cook it. I tell you. So I've been crushing salmon recently, a little teriyaki salmon. Okay, so that's, that's my go-to right now. Oh, that's good. My wife would love that, man. She's she's a big she loves salmon. I'm a seafood guy too. Jeff, you are. You you and I uh, talked about that. You're a seafood guy, aren't you? I like food. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah food guy. <laughs> yeah, he's the. Yeah, we were eating at some good. Any places around uh, surprise that you've, you you like to go to? Um, I really like. Uh, what was it called? It's like a little Vietnamese place over there, like next to Panda Express. But uh, it's. I got kitchen. Called. No, it's like it's like uh, Tom Yum. That might be what it's called. I like going there. They got a good chicken. Oh yeah, pad yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, they got a okay. good chicken pad thai. Me and Ryan go there a lot, actually. Okay. What okay. What about fast food? What's your favorite fast food joint? If you've got to get, you're in a hurry and you got to get something. Uh, my mom would probably say different, but I'm gonna say Cane's. She, I always go Chick Fil A, but I, 
I mean, Canes is really – I never had Canes until I came out here, and that sauce is elite. It is elite. <laughs> hey, that, uh, that Canes is pretty new. I mean, that, that one right by, right by yeah. the In-N-Out, that's, that's a pretty new uh, restaurant. I mean, I've been coming to Surprise for 15 years, and that's – that's I think that I think they were – boy, it seems like either 19 or 20 is when it opened. It's very new. Yeah, I know they had it in 19 when we got drafted because they're like, hey, got to go to okay. Canes. You know, so I went to Canes guy, and I was like, this might be the best fast food I've ever had. <laughs> I like I the Canes fry. The Canes fry is very underrated. Yeah, oh, yeah. but th- that sauce yeah, is good. like addictive. I mean, that, that sauce yeah. is addictive. Okay, so what is your favorite home-cooked meal, and who cooks it? Uh, my favorite home-cooked meal is breakfast, for sure. Uh, my mom, she does a little scramble eggs, toast with uh, butter and jelly on it. Uh, some sausage patties and uh, something else she puts in there. Forget. Oh, and like she might make, make like, some waffles on the side. So when she makes that, I mean, when I smell that, when I wake up at home, or even <laughs> for dinner sometimes, I mean, <laughs> hey, breakfast for dinner is good. Like, yeah, I know. I feel like I'm 15 in high school again, waking up, and it's great. <laughs> hey, man, I, you, you can't, you haven't gone wrong yet on anything you've said. Now, Jack, <laughs> Jack. How do you feel? This is important. How do you feel about breakfast for dinner? I think breakfast there's time and place for it. Time and place for it for sure. I don't think I don't <laughs> I think you it. go out on a random Wednesday and you're like, I'm gonna have breakfast for dinner. You know, it's one of those things you're in the mood. You're like, yeah, you skip breakfast and you had a long day, you're like, Yeah, I'm gonna eat some breakfast for dinner. I'm gonna have some eggs, some okay. bacon. We're gonna we're gonna do the whole night. We, we actually when um our daughter was born, she was born December twenty-third. 14 and um we were in the hospital you know right down the street and it turned we were, we were gonna get out on christmas day they told us and uh my in-laws were like well, what do you guys want for for christmas dinner and we, and we talked about it and we we're like what do you think about breakfast so we had br- christmas dinner of 14 was breakfast that's what we had <laughs> for dinner and it was fantastic it's all fantastic it, man it's getting too pigeonholed you can't do that breakfast breakfast food is good any day I mean, you can eat that yeah. any time of day. So we're all on the same page there. There's nothing better than some eggs and bacon and and uh, and and yeah. toast and all of that, man. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Okay, the last one, and this is you've been right on target. This is the only one that, that this is the one we look forward to. It's what's something that nobody knows about you. Now I got to give you the examples. You may have already heard them, kind of moving around there. Jack Lighter doesn't like peanut butter. It's still one of mine and Jeff's big ones. Uh, 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 Davis Wenzel had an interesting one. He got the end of his finger cut off. That's pretty interesting. Really? There. Yeah, when he's like four, right? Is that what he said? Four. Yeah, but so sewn back on. Yeah, sewn yeah, yeah. On. He's, it's okay. back. Yeah, he's got it. He's got it <laughs> he's back on. He's out there playing with a stub at third base. So, you know, <laughs> so yeah. what is something that nobody knows about Zach Kent? I mean, that's on the spot. I got to think of something. Else. That's all right. I really don't like breath mints. You know, I mean, I, I despise having, I'd rather have a piece of gum. If when somebody offers me a breath mint, I really feel like you have to be over 60 years old to be offering breath mints. Like if you're carrying around breath mints, I mean, I don't, I don't know. My grandmother, my grandfather has them, but I think if you carry around a breath mint, you hand it to me, I'm just going to think you're just weird. You Hand me some gum, you know? I think that's it. <laughs> I know what I'm taking to Frisco the first time I go out there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna come go up with some bro- with some Altoids and just. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there, there was one. There was one more I had for you. Okay. Okay. Your initials spell Z A K. Is that is that why you go by Zach? Because your first name is Zachary. 
That's correct. Yeah, but that's why you're a ZAK like, instead of a CK or a CH. Yep. So uh, my mom, she she did that for me and my sister. So my my sister's Mackenzie Ann Kent. She goes by Mac in MAK. So she just wanted like okay. a little fun play on words, like a nickname kind of thing. So that's that's what everybody's yeah. called me, either that or Kent. But you know, that, Zach's yeah. a good. No, that, good that's cool. Name. Yeah. All right. I just I just saw that and, and yeah, I was cool. like, all right, no. Makes a little sense. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, that's it. Now, Jeff, that's it. Your last thing before we let him get out of here and get back to probably going out to eat some, what, with him and Ryan, they're going to go eat some uh, canes or something. Bad time. Yeah. Or canes. It's a tough call tonight. Poop a coin. No, we're good. We're good. We All really right. appreciate you doing this. Yeah, Zach, yeah, thank you so much. On. Guys, that's Zach Kent, right-hand pitcher for the Texas Ranger. Going to probably be in Frisco this year starting off. Zach, it's been great having you on. Thanks for coming on, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right, that was Zach Kent. We both talked to him last week. He was excited to come on, actually. I think he's been listening. I think a lot of these guys have been listening to it. And uh, and uh, he had oh, listened. Yeah. yeah, you hear that every once in a while. Like, oh, yeah, I heard that episode. Or yeah. you know, like, like Cody Bradford, who will be a future guest of ours. Uh, he, you know, he's listened to the Davis Wenzel uh, episode because they were both teammates at Baylor and they're our, our buddies from there. And, right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to, you know, it's nice to get to know these guys. I mean, yeah, I, I had to look up his hometown in Virginia, uh, Heathville, I think is what he just said. And yeah, I had to look it up. And I mean, it is, it is, it, I think it's closer to Delaware than it is to, to, uh, Richmond, you know, the capital of Virginia. I mean, it's right. It is, uh, it is really far up there on the Potomac and Chesapeake Bay region. And, um, you know, it, it, and that, that tells you, uh, about scouts, oh my you know, gosh. they will, they can find, they can find you. If you can, if you can pitch and if you can perform, they're going to find you. Exactly. And, um, uh, you know, in, in, in this case, VMI found him and, and brought him to, to VMI, which, which gave him a, a little bit bigger, uh, platform there in the Southern conference to, to get noticed by scouts, but you know, if, if you're talented and you get an opportunity uh, to go somewhere and develop, um, do it. I mean, just, you know, do it. Yeah. And uh, you know, good, good for him, you know, and kind of what he said, there are eight or, eight or 90 people in his graduating class, a little one, a school. Right. Um, you know, that's uh, it's a, it's a neat, neat, uh, neat backstory on, on him. Yeah, it, it really is. And, man, again, you know, him and, and it, it's amazing that his best friend is, is Ryan Garcia because these are two guys, they are very under-the-radar good pitching prospects. And you don't hear about them because we hear about Jack Ladder, Ricky Venasco, Colwin. We're hearing about these guys that are at the top of there, Glenn Otto, um, you know, uh, Spencer Howard, those guys that are kind of up in the upper echelon that are right there, they're on the verge. But Zach Kent, look at his numbers that he had last year. Look, look at Ryan Garcia and what he did in college, and he's had the freak injury before coming out. These are two yeah. guys – down, I mean, you know, we, and you go down below them to like TK Roby and Owen White and those guys that are coming up behind them. These guys are kind of in the middle of that shuffle there, but these are two good pitchers. Yeah, you know, I, I was uh, before spring training talking to uh, the, the Ranger scout and uh, just you know throwing out some names and like I always do with guys. And um, he brought up Ryan Garcia, and he's like, Ryan Garcia is going to be is going to be terrific. Yeah. Um, you know the the stuff, as as Zach said, the the stuff's a little bit better. He he's he's been throwing harder uh, in bullpen sessions. You know after Tommy John, after the the oblique injuries that he he had last year, um, getting 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 stronger. Um, 
you know, he's, I think he's, I think he told me he'd gained 25 pounds since college, you know, the, the, the good way, not like the yeah. John and Jeff way, 25 pounds is a good way. <laughs> and, um, so, um, yeah, you, you look forward to it, but again, with a lot of these guys, kind of like it was with, with Cole Reagan's last year, Cole Reagan's just needed to get through the year healthy. Ryan Garcia just needs to get through the year healthy. If he has a six and a half ERA, but he's healthy and doing the right stuff, that's okay. Right. Uh, but it sounds like it's, it's not going to be that way. So uh, it, 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 you know, it, it'll be interesting to see him, uh, Dane Acker, who's, who's uh, on the rehab trail. He blew out last spring. He's, I think he's going to be able to pitch around mid season. Uh, you know, there are guys who, who he, he was in the Elvis Anders trade. Yeah. Um, guys who are just super high on him too. So Avery uh, Weems who came over with Dunning. Right, right, right. Um, a, a guy, he, he struggled a little bit last year. You know, if you look at his, his numbers and his ERA, but the stuff is there. Um, and, and, you know, just such nice, nice kids. And, and they all oh, seem wait. to have their heads in the right place and, and, and want to be better. They're not just happy to be there. You know, they want, they want to, um, they want to be the, the best they can be. And they have guys ahead of them who are very, very good. And, um, you know, something that they have, have you know, set the bar. And uh, so uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how this season pans out, yeah. where everybody yeah. shakes out in the pecking, you know, yeah. there, there's so much depth and it'll be interesting to see where, where guys end up when, when camp breaks, you might see some guys back at high A that, that probably deserve to be in double A exactly. or, or you know, something like that. And you're like, what, what do you do with Evan Carter? Who, who, you know, played a month at, at low A, but is considered a top 10, top five prospect by some, you know, are, are you going to send him to Hickory? Uh, do you, does he go to low A for a month and, and, and get a chance for promotion? Uh, same thing with TK Roby, you know, does he, does, cause he only pitched a month at, 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 uh, low a also so does he go to low a and then if he starts off hot he gets a quick bump so you know it's going to be interesting even even jack lighter is an interesting uh yeah that's an interesting conundrum because you and i've debated this back and forth we're not even debated we've both kind of been on the same page it there's there is an argument for double a and high a uh either sure. one for him um you you know he's not been facing 18 year old kids you know, over in Grand Prairie, uh, you know, Mansfield, Duncanville, all that. He's been facing yeah. SEC batters for the last two years. Um, th that's a different story. Yeah, and, and you know, again, his stuff is now off the charts. He pitched, what was it, Friday in, in uh, the stadium. And it was a little – it was a little um, – Did a Ricky Vanasco. Yeah, it was a little amped, yeah. Yeah, and um, – Next morning, I'm checking out of the residence in there, and um, I, I hear some guys, uh, Royals guys, one of whom was in the press box that day, um, you know, charting pitches or doing whatever they do. And uh, he was just, it was like a tall tale, the way he was talking about Jack Leiter. And he's like, oh, my God, he was filthy. 96, 97, the slider was off the charts. <laughs> da, 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 da. I mean, this guy, this guy has elite stuff. It's not just the Rangers who are trying to blow smoke. I mean, it's, it's, it's legit big stuff. Yep. And uh, it's just how fast you want him to go. You know, do you want to challenge him right out of the bat? Do you want to send him a little bit lower to maybe not push him so hard? So he doesn't feel like he has to do too much. Uh, there's just a lot of decisions that go into this stuff and it's not just for him it's for all of them so yeah uh, the, the end the end of camp which uh 
uh, will be they, you know, AAA opens April 5th, the others open April 8th. Right, so yeah. probably, probably learn the assignments somewhere around March 31st, April 1st. And uh, it's going to be, it's tough. It's a good tough. It's, you know, it's yeah. good to have these decisions. Um, but there are going to be some guys who might be a little disappointed where they, where they start. But, you know, as long as they do their job, they'll probably get a quick bump. Yeah. And then look, the, the depth goes all the way down. When you're talking about pitching depth all the way down the system, you're, I know in the back of everyone's head, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You can't all these, you can't have uh, 14 starting pitchers in the major leagues. No, you keep performing the way you're, those guys will play in the major leagues, whether it's with the Texas Rangers or somebody sure. else. These are guys that are auditioning to be part of deals that winning teams need to get improvement. If somebody's not ready to go here, these guys are going to be major league pitchers one way or another. That's what I feel. There's a there's a potential ten or fourteen guys that are starting pitchers that can be major league pitchers that have a chance. You know, uh, there's two currencies in baseball. There's money and there's prospects. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you 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 wonder how the Rangers got to this point where you know a few years ago their their farm system was so uh, depleted. It's because they traded a lot of guys in fifteen and sixteen to to make a push for the postseason and you know they, they didn't work out and that's the risk you take but yep. you look at what they did in 10 and you know the cliff lee trade uh, 11 they made a couple trades including you know to get uh, to get uh, kohei arihara or no no i'm sorry to get uh uh golly his name's kohei i can't think of his last name the reliever good guy anyway um he they traded two major league young major leaguers chris davis and 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 Tommy Hunter. So, right. Uh, oh, Koji Uhara. Sorry. Yeah, Koji so, Uhara. Yeah. Okay. I, I was, I was thinking that too. Okay. I was like, why's, why does Ari Hara sound right? But that's not right. And because that's who's yeah. with them right anyway, now. <laughs> they, they traded two guys who were major leaguers and who had done stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to trade necessarily young major leaguers like that. But I, I'm just saying, you know, well, you're in a pennant race. You, you do what you got to do when you need it. The names that you like in the minor leagues and uh, other teams like them too. Yep. And uh, you know, you, you're, you, you could see them dealt here in the upcoming off seasons. Shoot. You could see them dealt in a week, yep. you know, depending if a trade comes <laughs> along for the Rangers. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's, 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 that's this game business. That's baseball. Yeah. These, these guys we've been talking to uh, Zach Kent, uh, Mahler, all of these guys, they could be gone anytime in a deal if the deal's right for the major league team because it's ultimately the major league team. Everyone below that's the money, uh, the currency, like you said. This has been a fun one. Um, it, I think next week's going to be really fun too, um, especially because um, I think there's going to be more moves done by the time next week. You're going to be out there. When, when are you going to be out there next week? Well, it just depends. You know, I, I, uh, You're covering for, TCU. You're leaving tomorrow for, for those of you who don't know, I, I, I also have uh, – uh, started working for or helped launch uh, a website called frogstoday.com. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm the only, we have three writers now. I was the only one for a while. We have three, yep. uh, but two of them are not full-time. They have other jobs. And uh, so I'm the only one who has the freedom and the flexibility to travel, even though I cover the Rangers. So right. uh, we're, I'm, I'm leaving, to, leaving Wednesday night to go to San Diego. The Frogs play Friday night against Seton Hall in the NCAA tournament. Um, if they lose, I will probably either hop in a car or hop on a plane the next day to Phoenix and you know, I'll stay three or four days. Uh, my wife informed me that I need to be home the 26th because the kids, I think have, have a combined four games that day that they're playing in. Um, you gotta be there then, for that. Yeah. yeah but I'll, I'll probably be home the 23rd. 
which is next, I want to say Wednesday. Um, so, and if they, if they advance and, and, and beat Seton Hall, then I stay there Saturday and then whatever happens Sunday, I will leave Sunday from, from San Diego and, uh, uh, spend just a couple, three days at that point. But, right. um, you know, they're, the, the, this frogs a day it's it's run by an outfit called roxo media house um yeah there, there's going to be some jeff wilson substack news uh involving them soon uh there's going to be some texas rangers baseball podcast news uh soon involving them yeah uh, nothing you guys have to worry about no, honestly no it's just, just a, a, it, for us it's good for it's it's good for the readers too I'm yeah well sure. sure yeah the transition to uh, a website that, that we'll have a little more say over, but uh, det- details are coming. They're working on the website right now. Uh, but anyway, um, once once TCU basketball is um, done, then I'm 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 not going to say I'm going to be all Rangers all the time, but it's going to be drastically different. It'll probably be more like it used to be for me when I was a uh, just covering the Rangers. So yep. anyway good times, nothing, nothing, nothing. That's, uh, obviously I've been doing it, this TC website since November and, uh, it hasn't, it hasn't taken anything away from, from my Rangers coverage. We put it out every day. You've put out something every day and oh, it's anyway. It, yep. And TR anyway. had a new one today. I haven't got a chance to read it yet. Yeah, so he, funny. Uh, <laughs> but you need to subscribe to Jeff Wilson.substack.com without a doubt. And Hey, go, go follow the YouTube channel. Yeah. Five ninety nine a month, $60 a year. When we go to the new website, just transitions and you don't have to do anything. All right. It's super easy. So don't be scared off by that. You know, it is baseball season now. So it's time to start, start getting your Rangers news. And I am a lot cheaper than pretty much every other outlet. Yep. And, and if you're following the, if you subscribe to Fort Worth newspaper uh, for your Rangers coverage, forget it. All right. They don't have a beat writer right now. Right. They're not sending anybody to spring training. Um, I left, I, I used to be the star telegrams guy, right? I'm still the Rangers beat writer on their website. That ought to tell you how on the ball they are. <laughs> so come subscribe, <laughs> jeffwilson.substack.com and uh, you won't be disappointed. Not at all. And, and after you get back, there is a slight chance I might try to sneak back out for that sometime in the 25th to 20. I don't know. We're still working on that, but I mean, one way or the other, even if we don't, we're going to have plenty of coverage when they, when the season starts, we'll be able to cover them every night, whatever's going on there. It's going to be fun. Uh, man, can't wait for the new stuff coming up. Can't wait for the season to get started. Can't wait to see what happens before we do a show next week. Uh, safe travels tomorrow, Jeff. And we'll, we, Jeff and I stay in touch every day. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're texting back and forth. So guys until next week, uh, thanks to Zach Kent for coming on. We'll see you at the yard.